0: It's time for counterculture. Are you tired of how divided we are? Let's find the peacemakers. Think everyone is mean and selfish? Let's talk to those who are helping us all be more loving and caring. Think our culture is going downhill? Let's meet those who are helping us flourish. And now, your host, Jonathan Sanborn.
1: And hello again. It is Christmas Eve and a special episode of counterculture counterculture we're just about finding the bridge makers the peacemakers and the compassion builders not just here in phoenix but around the, the u.s even around the globe so we have a special time today i have here uh, in in studio my friend and co-worker nate rogers hello nate Hello, Jonathan. Nate is the regional manager for Care Portal here in Maricopa County. He's the face of the franchise. Indeed, I am. Indeed. <laughs> for better and worse. For better and worse. We have Photoshop. Yeah. You no, know, and me too. So, uh, but Nate, Nate and I have uh, been uh, at this together for a couple years, and uh, we also here in have, this is now get ready for yourselves. The, the, we have a spe- another special guest sitting here in a bright red suit. Please welcome what formerly known as Chris Kringle. You're our, our very own Santa Claus. Hello, Santa. Ho, ho. Hello, everyone. Merry Christmas. So good to
2: be here in Phoenix. Ho, ho, ho. Hey, Santa. Good. Good to have you stop by. Oh, I got to go soon, but I just had to stop by and see two of my favorite children. You know, Santa, I got to be honest with you. Yeah, man, you came in smelling a lot like beef and cheese.
1: It's uh, a little
2: rough in here. That's the only thing I can eat
1: in a sleigh when it's moving as fast as I'm going. That thing must be hitting 400 miles an hour sometimes. (laughs) Okay. All right. If you haven't figured it out right now, the gig is up. Santa's not here. Santa isn't, and that was just some some f- f- false impostor who sat on a throne of lies. It's true. So we're not here today to rag on Santa. In fact, we love Santa, right? Well, but we are jolly. We I mean, are after jolly. Eating barbecue. We we're kind of chubby. We, too, we're kind of chunking so. out. We just put down a couple about a couple pounds of barbecue, and. Uh, We also are not, we don't body shame anyone, and we love Christmas, right? We love Christmas. Yeah, Yeah, we love it. So this is not a, a, uh, but we're going to today, this episode, it's a special episode. We're going to look at ourselves and and, and our churches and as God's people, are we more like Santa Claus or are we more like Jesus in the way we love and serve those around us and those in need? So that's so today's special episode of Counterculture is Beyond Santa. Are can we are we more like Santa or more like Jesus? So I thought I would Nate and I love talking about this. We talk about it all the time on our job. Mhm. And again, this is not a way to, you know, what let's start first off. What is good about Santa Claus?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that's important because we're not here to hate on Santa. Um even if he was invented by the Coca-Cola company. <laughs> <laughs> Scandalous. Um, no, I, I think there's a lot of good things. I mean, encouraging good behaviors, encouraging good attitudes, and jolly fun. I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Encouraging generis- generosity and generosity. giving. Um, is wonderful,
1: and we and I think those that's such a big part of why people like you know resonate with that this idea of generous, kind-hearted person mm-hmm. giving to people and being that kind of a generous person. That's. A society benefits from that kind
2: of – I, I think to a degree everyone wants to be a little bit like Santa in that right. way. We yeah. want to be able to be that yeah. generous and so we kind of – we, we, we want to see a little bit of ourselves in mm-hmm. our creation of Santa Claus. Yes. Yeah. So so with
1: that being said,
2: so let's, that's, the, that's
1: good we'll, and we'll continue to affirm that aspect of it. So don't – anyone <laughs> yell out like Elf, yeah. you don't like Santa. You don't like that. But I want to go a little deeper because as followers of Christ, we want to say we, we we can learn from anybody. We can learn from Santa Claus and even mm-hmm. the historic St. Nicholas and all that. There's all good things there. There are many good things. But what, what should we – what can we do to be more like Jesus in how we love and serve other people? And there was a talk that I – I went, went to – a conference in Dallas a number of years ago and I, it was the authors of When Helping Hurts spoke um, and the, the, one of the guys his name is Brian Fickert and it's a very popular book and asking are are Christians doing good or not in the world and he said the number one hindrance to helping break cycles of global poverty he goes what do you think it is? What do you think Nate? What do I think is the number what would the number one hindrance that. to helping hindrance. break cycles of global poverty.
2: Um, the number one hindrance, I would say, lack of connection to a community. Lack of connection to lack a community. Connection.
1: So that there's there's philosophically, I, I think we understand why that's the case. And um, he said the church in America actually does more to hinder mm. people coming out of poverty than help people come out of poverty.
2: Mm. Yeah, totally.
1: And he's and the main point is that so often the helping to the poor, and often at Christmas time or or even just around the world in general, is done in such a way that it, it it doesn't change the basic equations of poverty. It actually reinforces I need someone else to give me something in order to get by, rather than empowering and changing the conversation or changing the dynamics. So that people are coming out of poverty. So that was his basic theory. So I've thought about that. That was you know six years ago, and I've read read the book, of course. And
2: yeah, sobering thought, though, right? It is sobering, very sobering,
1: thought. sobering, because we often think of this. It's good to be generous and give out mm-hmm. shoe boxes and with stuff for kids, and 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 we don't need to go into all the examples of those and, and rehash the book. But I did want to kind of look at ourselves, and we also can say that Scripture does. Mm-hmm. Again, firm, firms generosity. Jesus talked about giving clothes and a cup of water to the thirsty, to the naked, and when someone's hungry. But does those are good and necessary for the heart of a believer, but what cha- makes a difference and changes people to help them come out of poverty? So so uh, so that's really really kind of the goal of what our, what our conversation is, and so you and I have talked about this and thought you know some number at things length. Yeah. at length yeah. at length, and so we thought we could explore five ideas that we're going to call kingdom performance indicators or KPIs. You know, there's a, this idea of key performance indicators in in, in corporate America, but we're going to say we need to measure things by the kingdom. So what are kingdom performance indicators to know if we're doing really good or are we just continuing the same cycles, and not just globally, but even in our own cities? People line up to give out toys. People line up to give out food. We, so, oh, do, buy this and we'll, we'll, get, we'll donate an extra shoe to a, an orphan or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so all those things have a place. But what is kingdom? What is the work that she, the, yeah. and call that Jesus calls? What is, what is
2: kingdom and how might that contrast with the popular views of Santa of so, Santa? So exactly. Basically, what does it mean to be like Santa and what does it mean to be like Christ yeah. and Newsflash? It's not exactly the same thing. That's in fact, it's, right, exactly. it's pretty different. Um, <laughs> one is divinely inspired from the source of all truth, uh, the divine King uh, Jesus, God, the the Trinity. Uh, the other um, <laughs> was some old folklore that Coca Cola <laughs> capitalized on. And, yeah. and props to Coke, uh, the country's better in, in a lot of ways for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but what's what's that big contrast? So what's, what's yeah. our first point of contrast? So.
1: Santa's known for his famous list, right? Mm -hmm. His naughty list. So my point number one is when we think about helping others, we need to throw out the idea of a naughty list if we're going to act like Jesus.
2: You know what I just thought of? Because we were talking about this over lunch, and I just thought of, you know who else has a list? Who's that? Jesus. Okay, you're right we, we read in the book of revelation that there 's a book of life right, right? that 's a list that 's okay. a that 's a big book of names. I think probably the big difference between our two lists our two people with two lists is um, santa 's list is whether you 're naughty or nice, so everything is on you you 're responsible for your outcomes and you got to figure out how to be naughty and not nice and you can do it. You you can be like Calvin and Calvin and Hobbes and try to scheme your way into it yep, yep. or you can just genuinely be a nice, good kid. Um, <laughs> and um, But the other list uh, and more powerful list, Jesus list, you're on that list not because you were good mm-hmm. or particularly because you were particularly bad. It, whether you were good or bad is not why you were on the list. Yeah. Right. Uh, in fact, the whole premise is the idea that no one should be on that list apart from grace. And so, mm-hmm. one is a is a list of merits and meritocracy, and the other is grace and mercy filled, built on love. And those are just radically different mm-hmm. lists. And, mm-hmm. and I think if you apply that to how you build your Christmas list of who you're going to love and right. how you're going to love on them this year. Are you building it based upon a meritocracy? Like you believe these pers- people are worthy of your gifts or are you looking at it the way Jesus looks at the world full of grace, where even the people that make it really hard to be <laughs> to be gracious yep. to them. And Hey, let's just, we're straight talk. There are people that seem to go out of their way to make it hard to love on them. You bet. We uh, all know it people happens. Like that. Yep. And yep. I'm not going to get into the why or how if you've done any kind of work, you know, uh, any type of ministry work, you've met right. uh, these folks, any type of giving back. So, so yeah, I, th- I think that's the big one. That's with the really – yeah.
1: so if we're – first off, we, we don't operate from a naughty, who's naughty and nice list. We operate from a gospel right. grace list and no matter how bad a person has been or what they've done – the call of jesus calls them to love and give and be generous mm-hmm. and, lo- and and come behind them okay good we could we could spend all the time just on that one but okay second one what's yours what's what's one that you got
2: um i think another uh contrast is if you compare santa with christ is santa comes in does good deeds you know metaphorically speaking You know, he comes in and blesses people, but then he's gone. You know, he's only really involved in the world for one day, one night out of the entire year, right? Yep. Whereas Christ, that was just never the case. Right. Um, Even though we don't know who Christ consistently saw on a regular basis after interacting with them, think of some of the lepers, uh, the blind people that he healed, the different people that he blessed and served, uh, raised daughters from the dead and all that. Right. We don't know who always followed him and was part of Jesus's direct community, although certainly we know some did. But we do know in every single case, Jesus didn't just bless you or serve you once and then take off. He blessed you with a goal of reconnecting you into a community Mm -hmm. because he knows human flourishing happens in community. It's how he built us. And I think that's just a really, you know, he doesn't, Back he he doesn't come for Christmas and Easter, um, and then go back up to heaven for the rest of the time. He's yeah. always here. And then as his followers, when we reach out and do something generous, the the hope, the goal should be not just that we're giving him a thing or a service, but we're giving our our own selves and the community that we have around with us to kind of bring. And obviously, the church is the most natural place yes. and should be the right the home of this. But I, I think there's a really big difference. In terms of what that means when you're shopping, when you're when you're planning out your your holidays and how you're going to serve mm-hmm. and love people, is just to not just think how do I give a good gift that, and then I don't have to worry about them for another year. Yeah, it's how do I give something that encourages relationship,
1: and and, and that's the danger of what I call drive-by charity. Yeah, uh, and oftentimes people in who are working with the poor, we talk about the difference between a transactional approach yep. to a transformational approach and transaction means i can i can come in you know drop a gift off and leave and occasionally that is uh, uh, once in a while there's a place for that but the goal should always be to bring about the longer transformation yeah. and support
2: another way to think about it is transactional is about me because in a transaction i'm representing my own interest. And that's yeah. fine. That's There's nothing inherently wrong with transactions. The right. world's economies are built on them. Um, but the idea is like I come in representing my own interests. And so when you do that in a charity sense, you're coming in looking for what you're mm. gaining out of it in a transaction. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes that can be real subtle and deceptive, but it really is about you. Right. Whereas in transformation, it has to be about the other person. Mm. Or it's not – trans. like you have to be willing to invest in their story, their life, listen to it, participate as much as you're able to in their life. And so really it moves uh, the focus away from my interests and entirely onto someone else's interests.
1: So if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Counterculture with Jonathan Sanborn. We have Nate Rogers here in studio, and we're talking about uh, – is our, are we like Santa or are we like Jesus? Mm-hmm. And uh, looking at how we help other people – And what is the – what are the ways it's the same and what are the ways that it's really radically different? And um, so the first point being uh, that um, is throwing out the naughty list. The second point being uh, not not one night, no drive-by charity. Mm -hmm. And the third point is related really to the second point uh, and that would be that you need to be willing to get your hands dirty. And so there's always some sense of sacrifice or str- mm-hmm. struggle, really, if you want to get involved and uh, walk alongside the lives of other yeah. people who are hurting.
2: I love that you included the word sacrifice in there. Yeah, I, th- I think again when you look at uh, the two different worlds, the the world uh, we'll call it Santa's kingdom and Christ's kingdom. Yeah, uh, in Santa's kingdom, you know there. The, the Christmas stories rarely involve some kind of sacrifice occasionally Hallmark will throw out a sappy movie that yeah. kind of touches on it <laughs> but um, you know it's, it's cheer it's jolly there's a lot of good themes but sacrifice just doesn't typically make the top of the list mm-hmm. whereas in Christ's kingdom sacrifice is the very pinnacle of the list like that's that's the type of love when you get to the point where you'll be sacrificial that's when yeah. you know you're really into true love mm-hmm. um And, uh, yeah, instead of just giving out of your excess and surplus, are you considering giving in a way that's costly? Because um, while grace is entirely free that we receive it, it's also quite costly. It it wasn't free to be given. Like it cost Christ dearly. Mm. Yeah. and then there's a the, an ongoing cost of sacrifice that goes with being a disciple, but really if we're looking at just the two I, th- I think that's really a good point. What
1: comes to your mind? Like uh, give me an example in your ministry to, you know, here in Phoenix the, where you've felt like there had there was some sacrifice in order for you to so really So
2: part of it is we've as a family we've adopted a mentality um, where we will as equally give to our family and our church as we will outside mm. and Currently, as it sits right now, we have this month already done more to serve outside of our home than to give good gifts inside of our home. Mm-hmm. And we're really, we, we love that. We're okay with that. That's we, we think that's a really good thing we're trying to share so that instead of first taking care of my family, all their gifts, all their wish lists, make sure they got everything they needed off their wanted. Mm-hmm. At this point, my kids don't need it. Right. <laughs> it's entirely. Right, yeah. sure, sure. Um, is, so I'm going to take care of others. I'm going to do our charitable uh, work first. That way, if that takes up more money um, Than what I had thought for Christmas, then okay, my kids just don't get everything on their list. That's mm-hmm. okay because those are luxuries usually. Right. Uh, whereas over here, these are necessities. And so that's just kind of a posture and mindset we want to have that's to try good. to prevent this. Yeah.
1: That's good. Um, so we have just two more as we work through our, way, uh, through our list and some great conversations so far. Um, The next one really is like I've just. I keep going back to this in in my what I'm working with ministry leaders across across the country, and and really it's the the fourth like KPI Kingdom Performance Indicator really is led by the Holy Spirit. Mm. Real um, kind-heartedness can be emotional, and it, and there's a that can be good, but spirit, ministry to really work and to transform the life of someone else, the Spirit is going to lead us into that. And so, I really don't think we just say we make our plans. That's a good idea. We really say we want to listen to the Spirit. The ministry of Jesus started with the Spirit, um, and so should ours. And so, I just don't think. I think it's just really important that we hear from the Holy yeah. Spirit.
2: I, I wholly agree. As as a Christian, you know one of the one of the interesting things that can happen and a phenomena that can occur is you can really study poverty. You can study all the right ways to. Really help effectively so that you're not accidentally hurting people while you're helping them. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you can be very diligent, do your homework, read books like When Helping Hurts or Toxic Charity, go to some seminars. Right train at a local university, you can do all that and and fill your mind with all kinds of good knowledge and you have a good heart to want to put it to application. But if you're not walking with the spirit in the moment of delivering that as mm-hmm. a believer, you are still holding the capacity to hurt people in a mm-hmm. meaningful, deep way. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not attuned and listening to the spirit as you do it, because mm-hmm. I mean, the spirit knows all, right? Mm -hmm. And there just might be a situation where the technical training says do one thing, but the spirit says do this other thing. Mm. And you need to be able to discern that and walk with that and trust that the spirit will guide you better than your university professor or even a really good author, like you referenced earlier, Um, because those people just aren't God, right? Right. the Holy Spirit. It's God's essence inside of us. And I, I think that'll just... It'll make you walk more in tune with what's going on around mm-hmm. you, being spirit filled. Because part of being spirit filled is you're then going to have the fruits of the spirit more readily accessible, including mm-hmm. humility. Uh, you're looking for peace, and um, you know, and so you're bringing those characteristics with you as you do it. Um, so you have a good heart posture. I think right. what I'm really trying to say is now your heart posture and your mental posture. You're are fully aligned when the spirit, when you're walking in the spirit. That's a great point. As opposed to having a dece- a deceiving spirit, even with good intentions and good methods, could still go. Yeah. Alive. But when those two things line up well, I mean, you're really bringing the kingdom into earth, and you're really showing people what life in the kingdom is really like. Because well, that's how it's going to be. We're we're going to be caring for each other, and we're going to be fully walking in the spirit at the same time. And it's just. It's so magnificent. It's so beautiful. We can barely comprehend it. it. It's like mind blowing. But but it can be done, and it can be done on the holidays. It can be done all year round. Mm-hmm. But so yeah,
1: and that's really a, a prayer I think uh, that was helpful for me is because I'm around nonprofits around needs, and most of us are are there, we're so overwhelmed with how much need there is in the world, and sometimes it's just so be overwhelming. So so rather than just responding to a need, say Lord Spirit you want you have something for me to to serve, and so spirit lead me into the place where I can be serving so so instead of just responding to oh there 's crisis after crisis to Emotional plea after emotional plea says, Spirit, lead me conf- and, and, and to where I need to go or to this, this particular maybe less popular ministry or maybe a less known topic. But uh, the Spirit wants to move his people mm-hmm. to serve the most vulnerable. And,
2: and I think when you do that too, you're going to get your mind off some of the big ticket issues facing yeah. society in the world. And I'm not saying don't pay attention to those, but – so much of the need the Spirit's going to move you towards is all around you in life. Mm-hmm. It's much closer than you ever imagined. Um, but you do need the prompting of the Spirit sometimes to key in on it Yeah, and, and to realize, oh, wow, this this was at my front door the whole time. The whole time. I've had my head elsewhere. But in my present, in my now, in my place, there's something I could be doing. Mm. And the Spirit really helps kind of guide us towards those kind of mission, that kind of mission.
1: And our final point really uh is the five the fifth kingdom performance indicator is uh really to get is together mm, is that yeah. no no ministry is a one man show. Uh, no one, nothing that lasts is just done with an, a bunch of individuals all doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. It really is. We need to figure out deeper ways of working together. With others, if we 're really going to make the difference in the lives of other people, mm-hmm.
2: so yeah, I think again, you can see that really reflected as as Jesus inaugurated the kingdom and was bringing it and, tell, and showcasing really for the first time mm-hmm. um, you know that this is life in the kingdom. Um, you see that when he particularly within his healing ministry. Right. Right. It seemed like there were always two outcomes and off the top of my head at least there's only two outcomes I can think of. They either went on to follow Jesus, which put them into a community where they would serve and do these things mm-hmm. together with people on mission, or he sent them into the temple to go get ceremonially cleansed and basically checked out, especially if you had like leprosy, mm-hmm. so that you could go back to your Your city, your community, because most of the time with you had an illness, you were kicked out of society, um, if not the physical city. So, yeah, super important point that Santa's a bit of a Lone Ranger. Yeah, he is. He's got his livestock. He's got his elves. (laughs) He's got Mrs. Claus. But on the the night the that night it all matters, show. It's, it's him and some reindeer. Yeah, and that's just not biblical. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just right. it's Jesus. never a lone ranger. Yeah. it's always teams. It's always community. I've yeah.
1: gone, to, I've, and I'm glad. Sometimes I I try to bring my kids along if I help yep. meet a need, or, or even I. So I, here's a great suggestion. Even if with as your church, we think of inviting them to church. What about instead we bring our neighbors along with us as we serve someone? Mm-hmm. And without ever them walking inside the church, what if they should, they see us being Jesus and meeting the needs of others? And so, well, you know, Nate, this has been a great conversation. Thanks for joining me on this as we talk. I think it's just some big things. And just as we yeah. m- move into 2022, really saying, Lord, asking that qu- great question, like, um, do, who do what do i really want to show to the world and i, I want to show the world jesus mm-hmm. and that i so i pray 2022 it, people see jesus in us because we're living out the way the, the ministry that he's called us to
2: yeah i think with uh you know when you Specifically speaking within the church, the last couple of years have been really rough, and the world has seen a lot of different aspects of the church that are not the most flattering aspects yeah. they've They've seen that the church is still filled with a lot of brokenness, yeah and a lot of hurt people and a lot of sinful people um I mean, they shouldn't be surprised, but uh yeah so i I think if if this can kind of help showcase a different aspect than what the world is more popularly seeing, then that could be amazing. Thank you, Nate. God bless
1: you. Merry Christmas.
2: Yeah, Merry Christmas to you as well. Thank you for listening today. Counterculture is made possible by Care Portal, helping local churches help children and families
0: in crisis. Sign up you and your church today at careportal.org. This program was sponsored by Care Portal